Daniel chapter 3, the fiery furnace. You all have this uh, handout also? Good. So as I said, there's no time reference here. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar made a golden statue. Maybe a translation could say, then King Nebuchadnezzar made a golden statue. I don't know if they're connected or not. Maybe it's wise to not have it in the text, but it could be. Um, the statue was, and think about these dimensions for a moment, 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. The province of Dura, by the way, is uh, right there near Babylon. It's where the Tigris and Euphrates kind of come together again. Uh, the Tigris and, and Euphrates do this. And it's where they come together. That's, that's the area where the city of Babylon actually was. Um, and a little bit distant from uh, Nippur, there is a tributary of the Euphrates called the Kibar River that flows right there. Does that ring a bell with anybody? The Kibar River? What do you know that from? Yeah, a 30-year-old priest who doesn't get to be a priest, Ezekiel. He was among the exiles on the Kibar River. Yeah, that's, that's Ezekiel. Is that the river where he did all kinds of things by the Kibar River, yeah. Also uh, mentioned occasionally in Daniel is a different body of water, water called the Ulai Canal. We're going to come up to that a little bit later in the book of Daniel. I think the Ulai goes from the Euphrates to the Kibar, but I'm, I'm not entirely, I'll have to look that up a little bit better. So we have this big statue on the plain of Dura, probably just outside the city. Um, are you aware of where Babylon is? I didn't put that in the slide. 15, 20 years ago, we all would have known where Babylon is because whose palace was across the street? Saddam Hussein's palace. Remember the name of the city? Saddam's city? Starts with an M. Mosul. Remember Mosul? Didn't he claim to be Nebuchadnezzar reincarnated? Oh, I don't know. Well, they, 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 have, they have some things in common. Uh, yeah. Um, I would like to uh, just show you an almost scale projection. <laughs> From the base to the tip of the sword... I believe Herman is 100, is it 102 or feet tall or what have you? And the, the, from, the, from the bottom of the, from the base to the top of the statue that Nebuchadnezzar made, it was 90 feet tall. However, there's something terribly wrong with, uh, well, first of all, Herman's statue is not nine feet wide, is it? What do you think of the statue on the left there? Is that thing nine feet wide? That is the proportions of the statue that Nebuchadnezzar made. Um, and it, it seems also because of the architecture of the time that it's much more likely that Nebuchadnezzar would have made an obelisk than what we think of as a human statue because the proportions are just completely wrong 
for a human. Nobody is ten times taller than they are wide. You know, I, I, um, unless it would have had something like uh, painted on it or something, um, it's, those aren't human dimensions in any way. So, uh, uh, and, and, and so the statue, the, 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 the thing here in chapter 3 does not need to match the dream in chapter 2. We just have to remember that. They're two separate things. Um, but the dimensions of the Washington Monument, which is what we have here. Have you seen it? Have you been there in person? I have. The dimensions are precisely uh, 10 times taller than wide at the base. Um, however, the Washington Monument happens to be uh, 155 feet tall by 15.5 feet wide. So the, 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 the ratio is precisely uh, the same. That it's, it's about a third taller than Nebuchadnezzar statue would have been. Um, but uh, there was a big fight in America over what this, what this monument should be. Um, 100 years after George Washington was born and 30 some years after George Washington had died. Remember the year that George died? Yeah. 1799. Washington, was it Washington, Jefferson, and Adams all died that same year, 99? A whole bunch of them died in 1799. They didn't live to see 1800. But um, 33 years later, um, they had still not figured out, they wanted to make some kind of a memorial to Washington. They couldn't figure out what to do. And then somebody came up with the idea of an Egyptian-style obelisk. And so that's what they made. But, um, but these are the dimensions. So if you kind of keep that in mind, it might help you with this obelisk. But, oh well, be that as it may. Let's get to the chapter. King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to assemble the satraps, prefects and governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all of the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Do you want to know what all these people did? Or can we just go on? I, you know, I, uh, I, it does kind of go down from most powerful to less powerful, but some of them are just different versions of the same thing. What's the difference politically between a senator and a representative? They, they, they do different things, in, you know, right? But they, it's kind of similar as far as, as authority and whatnot. And certainly in the kind of security our nation's special forces give them, they're identical. Do you know how many security guards a typical senator gets? Uh, he doesn't usually get a detailed security person unless a threat has been made. Um, what, does a vice, what, what, what does a former president get? Usually they, there are three security personnel that just rotate shifts. But yeah, yeah, usually, but one guy on duty is usually what a former president gets. And, you know, who would assassinate a former president? So far, we've never had one. How many presidents have we had assassinated? Is it four? Four? Lincoln, Garfield, um, 
Teddy almost got shot in Milwaukee, but he, he stood up and finished his speech, and they took the bullet out later. But uh, uh, Kennedy, who am I missing? McKinley. McKinley, sorry. Yeah. That was at that same time as, as, as TR's, when, when, when Ro Teddy Roosevelt got shot in Milwaukee, that's when McKinley got shot by an anarchist again. Okay. So he sends word to everybody come and see the dedication. Oh, nice. Nice. So go see the dedication. Then the satraps, prefects, governors, counselors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all of the rulers of the provinces assembled for the dedication of King Nebuchadnezzar's statue or obelisk. They stood in front of the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So they're all going to get out there. Let's all go out and see. There will be some kind of a ceremony. What would you expect there to be? Maybe a speech? What else? Music. Music. Well, the herald called out loudly. Here's a speech. To you peoples, nations, and languages, this command is given. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the harp, the triangular harp, the pipes, the pipes, the pipes, are, and all of the kind of musical instruments, you will fall down and worship the golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. Every, every time Nebuchadnezzar brings somebody in to something, I always feel like they cringe, because what are we going to have to do? Okay, I'll go, but bow, and so forth. By the way, do you, I'm sorry, back to it. Do you happen to know what the Washington Monument is capped with on top? What metal covers the top? No. No, no, no. Washington Monument? It was a brand new metal at the time that they discovered um, would, would, would resist tarnish and wear. Aluminum is correct. It's aluminum. Um, not aluminum foil. It, it's thick, but it's, but it's aluminum because it would not blemish or tarnish or rust over time. So aluminum. These, uh, these uh, musical instruments are... Huh, what do you do with them all? That um, Daniel 3 and Leviticus 11 are probably the hardest chapters of the Bible to translate. Leviticus 11 and its companion in Deuteronomy are the list of unclean animals and birds. And here in Daniel 3, we have the musical instruments. And a, a curiosity here is that one of the theories from the last centuries is that Daniel was written late, maybe in the 300s, 200s, 100s BC. However, when the Septuagint was translating, the Septuagint translators were working on the Greek version of the Old Testament in the 200s, they couldn't handle these words either. And some of these words, some of these words in this list are Greek. They're ancient Greek. They come from before the time of Homer. The time when, when Daniel was writing, they were Greek loanwords. And yet the Greeks couldn't translate them 400 years later. They had become so out of date and so old-fashioned that they didn't know what to do with them. Um, what's the name of an instrument in Shakespeare's time that we don't use anymore? Um, um, uh, what's a basset horn? A basset horn. It's a bassoon. 
but basset horn. You know, and they, there are all kinds of words like that. Um, hot boys. Hot boys. Can I give you a hint? A hot boy is a musical instrument that has a double reed. It's an oboe. Yeah. But all, and, and that's just Shakespeare. Which, by the way, how many years ago is Shakespeare? For us, 400. So he uses names of musical instruments that we struggle. We have to have footnotes today to get that. And in Daniel's time, they really could have used some footnotes because they didn't know what to do with some of these things. So you have horn, and I've, I, I just looked at the EHV, which is what we're following. This isn't me, by the way, in Daniel. This is the Evangelical Heritage Version. Um, we're following me and Luke on Sunday morning, but we're doing the EHV because I haven't done Daniel yet um, in my own translation. But EHV, NIV, ESV, and Revised Standard Version, that are these, those are these four. So the word horn seems to be pretty much across the board. Flute, is it a flute or is it a pipe? And by the way, what's the difference between a flute and a pipe? You know, if the pipe you're talking about is a fife, they both get played sideways. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and how do you know which one it was? You know, so I'm, I'm not sure. There are also, um, as recently as, ah, the Three Stooges, show you where my culture is these days, um, there are flutes in the Three Stooges movies, or shorts, they were all shorts, that are played straight on. They, they change the mouthpiece. There's a wooden mouthpiece, so you can play a flute like this if you put the other, the, the, this, this other mouthpiece on it. Which, by the way, if you're, a, if you're a stooge, it breaks more easily, too. So it's more fun, you know, so, to do that. And so then you have this other thing, uh, either a lyre or a zither. <laughs> What's the difference between a lyre? David played a lyre, probably a keithera, um, uh, it's and, and a zither, kind of the same. It's kind of the shape of the, how, you know, what, what do the strings go in? Is it a triangle or is it a U? Or is it a box or whatever it is? And then way up in the, in the barbaric lands of Scotland and Ireland, you know what they played? They played this thing. It's just a box of wood. With, instead of the strings being up in the air open, they, they, they lay them over a box of wood with a hole cut in it. Um, what, did, what did they invent? The, the guitar. That's a box of wood with a hole cut in it with strings over it. Except they called it a cruth. One of my favorite English words that only has a W as the only vowel. Cruth. C-R-W-T-H. Try that one. That's, I always use it as an extra credit point in catechism quizzes. Sometimes the kids need help. Um, and then the next one, harp, lyre. There's a thing called a trigon. Uh, that's a pretty more, it's a, a more common word in Greek. Is It's a kind of a triangular harp. And wow, do the intervals go up fast because if it's a triangle, this string is super long and this one is super short. As opposed to them being very close to each other, that's a big difference. So you get, uh, it's basically just a pentatonic scale. Ding, 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 ding. You know, and there's not a lot you can do with that. Um, unless you have many people playing and they're all tuned differently. And then which note, more like handbells. Which note is mine? When does it come around? You play now and then I play now, that kind of thing. 
And then the EHV goes for triangular harp, where everybody else says harp, because they already tried harp with where everybody else says lyre. And then pipes, pipes, the ESV said bagpipe. And the Revised Standard Version didn't know what to do. They said drum at one point. Um, uh, because the word for pipe in Aramaic seems to have the word skin or stretch skin in it. So that's not really a pipe, but is it maybe a bagpipe, which has a bladder you have to fill up with air? and then, Or is it a drum? Which one is it? What's the difference between a drum and a tambourine? Yeah, but some drums are exactly the same. Some hand, a timbrel, it's, a, it's the bells on the side. Yeah, a timbrel, a timbrel doesn't have the bells, a tambourine has the bells on it. It's, you know, what do you do with these things? And you, the, the, the thing about the translation is, is, of course, what the Italians always say, the translator is a traitor. Because whatever you come out with is not what I learned once upon a time. Therefore, I hate your translation. You know, that's, that's, that's what it comes to. So, you, well, well. You know, I was going to go through the Hebrew words. Can we just skip that for now? However, the, uh, sorry, the Aramaic words. They are, however, keren, mashroki, the katros. That's a, that's, a, that's a Greek word. Sabka, pasagterin, that's a Greek word. And then the supnaya, supnaya. No supnaya for you. Okay, we'll go on. Verse 6, whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing, fiery furnace. I would like to comment about this furnace, but I want to hear your opinions first. Why did Nebuchadnezzar have a fiery furnace big enough to put people in? They didn't do human sacrifices. I don't think so. That's not the kind of thing that they would have done. They, were, they, they, they didn't burn up their sacrifices in Babylon. They ate them. The, you're getting warmer, no pun intended, with loaves of bread. Not cooking. What did they just make that they had to have millions of tons of bricks for? Probably to make this obelisk. This and, and wouldn't that then make sense if the punishment for not bowing down to the obelisk is into the furnace? You're going to be part of the obelisk in some way. Either you're going to bow down or I'm going to bake you along with the rest of the bricks. Something like that. So that's, that's what I think of this fiery furnace. As I have meditated on this and prayed about this chapter, that's where I'm kind of landing on this furnace, because otherwise, why would he even have had the thing? Um, and what was the furnace itself made out of? You know, uh, a furnace that can, that can fire bricks can't be made of iron. It's going to melt the iron. You know, so really, what, 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 do you know how, you, how, do you, how, do you, how do you make precious metals? What do you scoop the stuff up with to make a ring or whatever or a chain or something? It has to be ceramic. It has to be stone. Only stone 
can hold molten metal. So it probably had to be made of stone in some way. And then you, the other, the other way of doing it, of course, is if you're ever, if you're ever lost in the wilderness and have to build something, bricks is a pretty good way of building. And how do you bake bricks? You make your mud bricks into their own oven. And then you put fire in the thing and you, at the same time, fire them and yet they're the, their own oven. It, it, you get what I mean? Then you just take it apart afterwards. You've just, you know, that, that's how you do it. It's one way of doing it. Um, but making bricks, you, you need basically two by fours and time. And uh, that's how you go. We're not going to go much longer here, but, you know, also we have the word here in verse 6, the word worship. What was Nebuchadnezzar trying to accomplish with making everybody worship this huge thing, statue, obelisk, whatever it was? Was he trying to unite them in a single monotheistic worship? Well, I'm going to stop us from speculating there because later in the chapter, he's going to continue to use the word gods in the plural. So I don't think so. But was he trying to elevate one god above all the other gods? And maybe. But we don't know which god was trying to be elevated. And maybe it was his own Nebo. Maybe it was Bel. It is very strange that we're coming out of the story of Daniel with a, with a dream interpretation. They might be back-to-back stories. Um, and then the... Because, just because of a lack of information, Shadrach and Abishak, Meshach and Abednego don't know what it is they're bowing down to because he's made a statue of it. Was he trying to get them to, to worship the God of Daniel? That's a crazy notion. Sorry for putting that in your head. And because we're out of time and I'm going to wait a week. But, uh, but uh, I, so I, I kind of don't think that that's where we're going. But he was elevating, he seems to have been elevating some divinity above the others. Go ahead, Ben. He's elevating himself. He's making his will. He's pressing. His, his will. His yeah. Will. Yeah. But I, I don't believe that he was claiming himself to be a god. But you're going to worship the god that I like the best. And that's going to bring us to our discussion for next time, which is the relationship of church and state. And this is a great chapter to bring that up in is what is the nature of the relationship between church and state. And it is only because of circumstance, not because of any plan in mind, that we'll be discussing that on election day next Tuesday. Um, but that's just because it happens to be how things fall out. So we will, uh, we will end there. And just please receive the benediction. Uh, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.